God has spoken. Understand Asa Shaman. And Merry Christmas, and uh, just kind of give you a heads up, if you uh, you can hear, I've got a, a thing going on right now. I, it's not a cold, I just finally started puberty. Um, <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm going to wrestle through this. I made it through the last sermon, and, and I'm praying I'll make it through this one, and, and I just am excited for what we're going to dig into, so I couldn't miss being here with you, and so I'll try to kind of manifest the energy as, you know, we're praying for that to happen. A uh, couple thoughts. One is we're heading towards the end of the tax year, and so uh, we want to make sure and give you statements that are accurate, and we would like to have all your information. Uh, the miracle offering actually helps that for us, so on the back of it is the information. If you would list that. By the way, interestingly, especially email, so we can make sure and get all your information correct and have that for you, that would be great, and we would love that. Um, but let me tell you, it's been amazing. Last service, we baptized 11 people. And um, people were flooding and flooding forward. Last night, we just saw incredible things occur. And, and I'm believing that's going to happen now. And then last night, I had something really special happen for uh, the, me. I actually was a church thing, but I really got touched. Because after our service last night, we ordained my son, Tim, into the ministry. Uh, and so... So we're just loving that. I'm also really excited for tomorrow. Uh, you know, when we celebrate Christmas Eve together, what God's about to do. Now remember, because we just keep growing and growing here, we've added a service, and it's two, four, and seven. It's a very unique service. Uh, we put a lot of extra time into really wanting it to be special as we celebrate the Lord. So I hope you plan to be at one of those and bring friends. But I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you pray uh, with me and for me uh, as I get ready to share with you uh, uh, what I have just so excited to say, and then I want us to go into a time of worship and consecration uh, before God. And uh, so if you're brand new, just I'll give you a heads up. This is not, uh, this is a little, uh, um, I don't think it's a, it's a unique service. We're doing something different, uh, but it's very biblical, and, and we're just trying to really honor God. And so that's what we're about to do today. Father, I love you. And I know that you love us. And I ask right now for your Holy Spirit to stir and to move. And I ask God, um, I, I just want to be able to share things that I, and make, I want to make sure they're what you want to have said. And, and I want our church family to know you and to know your love and to know your voice. I want each person here to know truth and to know wisdom from you and guidance and protection. And so God, I pray today goes beyond any ordinary day to an extraordinary day. And I just pray it's going to be because we come and open up ourselves to you completely. And because whatever you tell us to do, we'll do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, where we are is this, is we are at a point in the blessed life where we're just hoping to listen to God and do whatever he tells us to do. 
Uh, if you're brand new again, what happens, we started in September the story where we're going through the Bible chronologically, and then we took a break during this point right now, and then we'll pick that up next week where we're going to go through all the chronology of Scripture. And real quick too, by the way, if you're brand new or you're just newer to the crossroads and you don't have a copy of the story, we'd love for you to grab one out there. And here's the thing, if you can't afford a copy, we'll give it to you. Uh, we just want you to study with us. But, but the idea that we're trying to understand is that what is taught in the Bible, the story of God is the story of you and I, that you matter to God, and, and that, that God wants to have a relationship with you that's very, very real. And he created you to have not just the good, but the very good. And so when we understand that, then what happens is we under every, understand everything that matters in life. And, and God has a great desire to pour his love upon you and, and to guide you and to lead you and to show you things that are incredible. The Bible says he speaks most clearly from his word. But he also speaks within our hearts. In Job it says God has spoken once, even twice, yet no one notices uh, uh, we see in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that it says that eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor is it ever in the heart of a man what God has prepared for those who love him. But those things are revealed to us, verse 10 says, by the Holy Spirit. That God wants to show you and tell you amazing things that he has prepared for you uniquely if you love him. And then one of my favorite passages of scripture, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, call to me, and I will answer you. Now, and the idea of answering and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. Now, God wants to show you great and mighty things, but did you catch where it starts? By him telling you. See, God, God's great desire is that you and I not become religious people going through ritual, but we become people in relationship with him, with, is our Abba Father. That's what God wants for us, which brings us to something I think pretty incredible. When Jesus was on earth, uh, he was at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. He had not done any of the major signs to point the fact that he was the Messiah yet. And, and they ran out of wine. And so what happens, his mother, Mary, came to him and said, we're out of wine. And he looked at her and he said, what does that to do with me? And then she turns to the servants and said these words, John 2, verse 5, whatever he tells you to do, do. Now, I want to have all of us get that in our minds. Whatever the Lord tells us to do, do. And then what Jesus did is said, he looked and saw six water pots that are about this size. And, and he said, fill them with water. And they filled them with water. He said, dip it in. And they dipped it in. And they took it to the, wine, the steward of the, of the feast. And he took a drink and he said, whoa, this is the most amazing wine ever. Now, here's the point. It was the first of his major signs. And it happened because Mary said those words, whatever he tells you to do, do. And then you and I begin to do that, and we begin to have transformation. Just as he turned water into wine, he wants to transform you and change you and create new things in your life. That's what God wants for us. And something as ordinary as water becomes something as extraordinary it is, is the God who will transform it into something celebratory. God wants that for you and he wants it for me and that's what we're about to experience now. And when we come to this time of offering, this time of the miracle offering, it's about us hearing from God and us listening to him and seeing what he's going to do in our life. That's what God wants for you and that's what God wants for me. And as we do that, we begin to live the blessed life. That's what God desires. So let me tell you there's five reasons I am so excited for today, and I'm going to have to go a little quicker just to get it out because of my voice, but, but I want to make sure you know all five before we go on. Uh, number one, number one, I'm excited today. I'm going to cough, Joe. Ready? <coughs> Good job, man. You cut that off in time. Like, we're a team. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number one, I'm excited because, number one, we are casting off the spirit of mammon. We are casting off the spirit of mammon. 
Now, in in John 16, uh, verse 13, Jesus says these words at the very end. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, I know some of your Bibles have the word wealth there or riches, but but I'm I'm hoping you all know it's an Aramaic word, mammon. And and mammon had a very rich history to it. Whenever the word mammon was spoken, they would know. What Jesus is saying here is you and I cannot serve God and worship something else. We cannot serve God and serve something else. And then he names in particular mammon. And mammon uh, is the idea not just of wealth, but it's the idea of desire of wealth, of greed, of materialism, of all that's happening. And, and it's very interesting to note that Thomas Aquinas and Milton and Peter Binsfield all said that mammon isn't just a thought, a demonic thought, an anti-God thought. He said, they said it's an actual spirit. Uh, Aquinas said that, that mammon was a demon that comes out of the pit of hell to infect and infest and inflame men's hearts with greed. And I began to realize more than ever my light bulb moment was, this explains something to me. When Jesus said, you and I cannot worship God and mammon, why do so many Christians struggle with this area of their life? Is it because there really is lies they bought into? Is there oppression going on? It's something, because I've watched very, very good Christians get to this point where they say, I would do anything for God. And Jesus said, this is the least of all things, and they can't do it. They found themselves almost powerless to do it, or they fight against it. And it's this thought process going on that Jesus said, you and I can't worship God and serve God if that's happening in us. And today we're gonna cast that off. Today we're gonna get rid of it. You see, Jesus talked in here about just making sure God is the only one we serve and God is the only one we love and God is the only one we trust. And so this becomes that moment where I say, God, I trust you more than anything. Now, what's gonna happen today, let me give you a heads up, is at the end of our time, uh, we're gonna have our elders line up on each of these aisles along with our executive team and, and they're going to invite you to come and anoint you with oil. And they're gonna put the sign of the cross upon your head because we as believers wanna live under the sign of the cross and oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit and we wanna live in the power of the Spirit. And as you're anointed by our elders and leaders today, what they're gonna say to you are these words, be free in Christ, be free in Christ. Now, we're not meaning this to be just a religious moment. What happened is we've been praying about it. We believe more than anything that God wants you free. He doesn't want you to live in bondage. And when we understand who God is and who God wants you and I to be, we understand what freedom really is. And so you know what? Today we actually are, are not wanting this to just to be a quick moment. We have prayed and prayed and prayed that this will be a day of change and transformation, water to wine. In other words, some of you will be free from a spirit of mammon because it's holding on to you. And now you, you won't find yourself worried about how you're going to make it or feeling like you gotta hold on to everything. Because you know what the word mammon is? Mammon always uses this word, mine, mine, mine. Take, 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 keep. And God says no. No, don't be that way. And so what happens is we're gonna defeat that. For some of you, it's the spirit of mammon. For others of you, get, I want you to grab this. I think some of you are living under a bondage of lies. A bondage of lies. The devil's the liar, he always speaks lies. Let me give you some of them. There's some of you in here that believe that you do not matter. I wanna tell you, you matter. You matter so much to God, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. That's how much you matter. And he wants you to know that. 
Some of you think you're not worthy. Guess what? You are in the eyes of God worthy by the blood of Christ and the power of Christ. Some of you think you're weak. And you know what? Whenever you give yourself to God, he empowers you through the Holy Spirit. You're not to be weak but strong in Jesus Christ. Some of you think, you know what? It's, it's, I don't have a purpose and God has a great purpose for you. Some of you think, you know what? No one loves me. God could not love you more than he does. He wants to adopt you. He has adopted most of you as his child. And he wants to be your Abba Father. And so God has great and mighty things for you, incredible things for you. And, and God wants that for you. And he doesn't want you buying into the bondage of lies. According to the Bible, according to God your Father, you're special, you matter, you have purpose. You, you, you are set apart for him. He wants that for you. And so today we want those lies defeated. Some of you have this feeling, I just can't be forgiven. I want to tell you this. There's no sin you could commit more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing you could do where God's not going to love you. And we want you to know that and walk out of here that way. Some of you are in bondage to hurt and pain. And, and you know what? I'm so sad about the things I hear that have happened to people. But I want to tell you, God does it. And I share this all the time because it's right out of Scripture. God does not want that to dictate or define your life. My hope and prayer is when one of our elders touches you and says, be free in Christ, that pain, that hurt has no power in your life anymore. And you've defeated it. All those words that echo in your mind... All those words that echo in your mind from someone who probably should have been more caring and loving and telling you you're a failure or you don't matter or, or, or telling you, you know what, that no one cares about you. I gotta tell you, all that's gonna go away, we hope, today. We really are praying for that. We're praying for the Holy Spirit to move. You know why? Because we need to be set free from mammon or any other thought that's a lofty thought that raises itself against what God tells you is really true. And we want today to be a big part of that. Uh, the second thing we wanna see happen today is this. Now get ready. We want today to be a day, and I'm excited about this, where we're putting to death selfishness and developing a generous heart. Where we're putting to death selfishness and developing a generous heart. I'm gonna ask a question. I, I've told you, it really is, I, it, this is my problem. I'm a selfish person. Are you ready? Hi, hi, I'm Chuck, I'm selfish. Anybody else here with me? How many of you were having that problem with that area? Okay, yeah, the rest of you just lied, and your problem's lying. And, uh, no, I don't know. That's probably not true. No, you're probably very, very generous, caring, giving people, and we need $5. No, um, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to have you tell. I really am selfish, and, and God is showing me that all the time, and I, I know he doesn't like it in me. Uh, the other day, Pam and I decided we were not going to eat according to a good diet plan, so we went to Del Taco. I love Del Taco. And... I, you don't have to agree, but I'm going to tell you this. I think Del Taco has the best French fries of any of them. I really, okay, we got some in here. Yeah. So, all right, yeah. So what happened is we go to Del Taco, and we're, Pam orders, and then she goes off, and then I'm, I'm ordering, and, and we go sit down at the table, and we're talking and everything, and they call my number. And I get up, and I walk over there, and I look, and I already see a problem. See, I ordered macho fries. <laughs> she didn't order any fries. Do you see the problem coming? There's only one fries there. 44 ounces are mine. And I'm looking, and I'm looking at her thinking, you didn't order any fries. Now, I, I, this, this is sad but true. I thought about sitting at another table. Um, <laughs> so I go and I sit down, and I, we pray, and all of a sudden I see her hand going for it. She's going for my fries. I put them in a pile, and she's not going just for any fries. She's going for the biggest one. And it's like, what are you doing? And I, I look at her, and I go, do you, do you want fries? She goes, uh no, I'll just have some of yours. And I said, I'll go get you some. 
And she goes, no, I'll just have some of your, and I'm like, no. <laughs> then she actually said these words, well, isn't it okay? And I'm like, every person, anybody with the realm of, you know it's not okay. And uh, so, I mean, do I need 44 ounces of fries? I mean, honestly. And, you know, there's, but I got to be, and even though I'm joking, I want to, do you ever think that way? I was, I was like, oh, and, and it's, fr- I can buy French fries. You know, and, and yet there's something in me. You know, it starts when you're little, preschoolers, right? There's a room filled with toys, and, and a new child comes over to play with them, and they see all these wonderful toys, and the new child, the visiting child, runs over and grabs one. What does the other little kid do? Mine. Yeah, mine, 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 in a room filled with toys. And, and here's the thing you and I know. If this child is raised to be that way, if it's always mine, 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 they're never going to have a great life. As a matter of fact, for most of us, it's embarrassing if it's one of our relatives who do that. Uh, And you look at them going, we can't have you be that way. And here's the thing. In that moment, they're ruining every chance for happiness to play with another child. Why? Because of mine, 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 mine. Do you ever think the Holy Father, the Heavenly Father, looks at you and I and goes, I just keep hearing mine a lot from you. Mine, mine. And God's going, no, share give, care. It's such a big deal to God that Jesus in Luke chapter 12 tells what I think is one of the scariest stories in all the Bible. It's the story of the the parable of the rich fool. It's about a man who has so much possession, so much prosperity, that it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then Jesus said, this man actually said these words, well, with everything I have, what should I do? And here's his answer. I'm going to build bigger barns so I can look at myself and say, I'm taken care of for life. And then Jesus said this in verse 20. He says, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you. Now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So is the man. And by the way, Jesus said this isn't just one man. It's anyone who is not rich towards God. He said, you know what? We're, we're, we're fools. We're fools. Why would we not be generous? Why would we not trust God? Why would we not be giving? Towards God, by the way. Now, now, I really want to say this. You and I should help those in need. There's no doubt we should help those in need. We should give to those who are under-resourced. We should give those to those who don't have as much as we do. That's what Christians do. But a lot of people don't, they, they don't realize it doesn't start there. It starts by being rich towards God. That's why this day becomes so important because when we give and we're a cheerful giver, by the way, God loves a cheerful giver. So when I give cheerfully, God goes, yes. And and then he begins to to say, this is the kind of person I want you to be. It becomes how my heart becomes his and and my heart becomes generous. And and yet there's so many times that I struggle with it. And and when we come to a moment like this and you can do it with joy, it it begins to kill off selfishness and develop generosity. Um, my, My son, Rich, my oldest son, when he was three years old, uh, we had a, 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 a fun tradition that we did every single night. And I, I did that with my boys up till they were in junior high. Uh, and that's it. I would tell them a story. We'd go up into bed. We'd play. We'd laugh. We'd sing. I'd pray with them again. And then guess what? I'd say, all right, story time. And I would usually make up stories. And we would just talk and laugh as I would tell these stories. So Rich is three years old. And we go up into his room that is filled with toys. And I mean, you got to understand, my grandparents gave him toys. My parents gave, gave him toys. Pam and I gave him toys. This kid was overtoyed. 
and Christmas is coming. So I'm in the bed with them, and I decide I'm going for it. Ready? So here he is, three years old. And I said, Rich, I said, hey, um, here's the story. There's a little boy. He lives in Mexico, and he has seven brothers and sisters. And they live in a, in a, in a shack with a dirt floor. And, and for a toy, he picks up sticks and puts them together or sometimes uses rocks. And he's a happy boy, but he never has the things that all the other kids have. And his parents, because they're so poor, they don't have any hope to get it to him. And one night he prayed and he thought, God, is there just any way I could even just have one toy like the other kids have? And Rich, you know, God heard his prayer. And God wants to help that little boy. And Rich is all like, oh, yeah. And I said, how do you like that story, Rich? And he looks at me three years old. Dad, that's a good story. And I said, well, Rich, um, your room is filled with toys. And, and you know, Christmas is coming. You're going to get more. There, there really is a little boy like that in Mexico, and I knew an area we could go to. And I said, what if you and I take some of your toys, and we go down to Mexico, and we give toys to those kids? And I'll never forget this moment. Three years old, he leaned back, put his hands behind his head, and goes, I don't think so, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. And I thought, where did he get that from? Where, where did he, and you know the answer? Me. Me. You know truth is easier caught than taught, right? And, and I'm going to get real honest and transparent. And, and I, I'm not just saying this to be, you know, dramatic. This is, I'm ashamed of myself on this. At that point, I was a young married pastor with a young family and very immature in the faith. I wasn't tithing. I wasn't tithing. I wasn't giving offerings. I wasn't being faithful to God. I'll tell you, let me get real serious. I wouldn't preach on it. And there was something inside me. And not only was I not generous to God, I was the kind of person, if I saw someone in need, I would drive by and ignore them. Or if I had to walk by, I would either ignore them or even worse, I would judge them. And, and here's the thing. I know that God looked at me, and, and, here, and I want to say this as clearly as I can. I know he loved me anyway, but he didn't love what I was doing because God loves a cheerful giver. And God was looking at me, and he knew who I was. He knew I was immature. And I know the Abba Father was looking and saying, Chuck, I want to teach you to give. I want to teach you to be generous. I want to teach you to, be not, to not trust in what you have, but to trust in me. And, and by the way, it's better to trust in God than to trust in what we have. And, and so what happened is the Lord loved me through it and matured me through it. And finally, it really is an issue of spiritual maturity. I got to a place where that wasn't who I was, where I started giving to God. And I started trying to, to see myself give to others. And it's a battle I still fight. It's kind of, it really is like AA. You know, you got that, that selfishness creeps back. But, but here's the thing. All of us who are where, where I'm at right now, and I'm not pretending like I'm better than anybody, that's not the point, but when you hit that place where you understand generosity and you understand giving, all of us know that it really is true that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And, and you know what? I love my life so much better now. I love watching God do this. I, I love watching God do it in others. Um, four families from our church recently 
Friday night actually. I had a very intentional plan to bless some other people. And so they got together and it was the night to inaugurate this plan and enact it. And they went out and man, they blessed like you couldn't believe. And then they went to Polly's Pies afterwards on Friday night and they're sitting around the table and they're just celebrating. You know why? Because whenever you're a person like that and you give, you just go, oh Lord, this feels so good. And they're celebrating. And when it came time for their check, the, the server, the waitress walks up and she hands each man a card from Crossroads saying, blessed, your meal's are paid for even the tip and they're looking going what and they're saying who did it isn't that cool and and they're saying who did it and she goes I'm not allowed to tell so they're sitting there and so what do you think they did they turn around and blessed other people and just sit the cards over you know and and they and I said when they were telling me and I said how you guys feeling what do you think don't you think they're on cloud nine See, that's how you get a, a, a you walk the high hills, the Bible calls it, is when you find yourself blessing other people and touching other people and being faithful to God and, and you start thinking, wow, this is so incredible, Lord. Now, now, you might ask the question, okay, kill off selfishness, I understand. How do I develop generosity? Now, now let me tell you how you develop generosity. It's a lot like weightlifting. Now, some of you are going, what? Now, see, I, I wanna promise this. I know a lot about weightlifting. I really do. I know you're looking. I didn't say I do it. I just know a lot about it. Okay, I know a lot about it. And, and here's the thing. Let's just talk about the bicep. If you want your bicep to grow, if you want your bicep to get stronger and bigger and more defined, what do you do? Well, there's many exercises, one of which is curls. So you grab the, the, the dumbbell and you do the curl and you isolate the muscle and you work it and you work it and you work it and you work it till what? Till it hurts, till it hurts. Yeah, you, you can't, if you only do three and set it down, no, you gotta take it to where you don't think you can do another one. And then what happens? Your muscle's gonna respond and start to grow. Now again, I only know that because I read it in a book. But anyway, um, <laughs> do you wanna know how to develop a generous heart? Give till it hurts. And all of a sudden it won't hurt anymore. Your heart will grow. Your love will grow. Amazing things will occur. And, and that's what'll happen. Give till her. Matter of fact, you know what's interesting? I was telling your guy's story, huh? Yeah, I didn't ask permission. I hope it's okay I told your story. Okay, good. All right, yeah. Because we, we never, we're, we talked in bonds. But anyway, um, so what, that's what we do. Now, number three, number three. We also, I'm excited today because we become consecrated by giving ourselves to God. We become consecrated by giving ourselves to God. Now, consecrated is an amazingly great and wonderful word, especially in the Hebrew, when you understand what that means to be someone who's consecrated. Uh, there were things that were consecrated. The temple was consecrated. The tabernacle was consecrated. The ark was consecrated. But are you ready for this? God wants you, you to be consecrated. And when you're in that state, it means you're special and you're set apart. And David in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 3 says, Moreover, in my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold and silver, I give to the house of my God over and above all that I have already provided for the temple. Did you catch the words? Moreover, in my delight. He said, I, I'm just so excited. I've already tithed and I've given offerings and now I'm going over and above. You know why God just keeps blessing me? And he said, I love this and I'm excited about it and I'm giving. And he goes, oh, it's in my delight. And then he says at the very end of verse five, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day? See, that's what today's about. Today's about consecration. Now, now let's talk about what the word consecrate means. There's actually three meanings, and all three are supposed to be active in you and I. 
One is to be set apart. In other words, we become set apart or reserved or special for God. That's consecrate. The second meaning is a very interesting one. To be empty. If you're writing notes, write that down. To be empty. Because that, that's like a shocker to me. What, what, how am I emptied? And that means consecrated. And here's the idea that, that God's wanting you to see. David was saying, who would be consecrated today by emptying themselves for God? And so when I give to God, it's symbolic of this, that I want to be empty of anything in me that is not for, for him or from him. I want to be empty of, 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 of selfishness, empty of impurity, empty of anger, empty of, of bondage, empty of all that. And I want all that emptied out of me. And here's what God does. God promises if you will empty yourself of those things, I will fill you up. So when I'm consecrated, I'm emptied of self and filled with God. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with love and joy and goodness and patience and, and all those beautiful things that God pours in my life. So that's the second meaning. The third meaning is this, to be fenced in. So to be fenced in means that God protects you and provides for you. He's fenced you in, not to keep you uh, from freedom, but to give you a place of security. So when someone's consecrated, they are set apart and special to God. They're filled with God, and they are under God's provision and protection and have security. And so God says when they're consecrated, that's what occurs. And, and so today, it's going to happen. Some of you are going to find God is your security, that God is your provider, that God is your, 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 the filler of your life and heart, and, and you're going to sense it. So I get excited about that. Number four, we're going to experience the blessing of God. We're going to experience the blessing of God. Now, now if, I, if you have your Bibles and you're already there, that'd be great. I, I want to have you think about a passage of Scripture in Malachi 3. And, and very often we talk about it, and we, by the way, we should talk about it, but I, I want to take a little different vantage point from this. Not, not different from what it means. I just want to have you look at it through a different angle. And here's what it is. And in, in God's warning people, don't rob me. Don't rob me of the tithe and the offering. Don't do that. And, and then he says this. He talks to them. But I want to say today many of you are going to do this. So we're not talking about robbing God. We're talking about what happens when you get it right. And it says in verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. And then he says these words, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the window of heaven and pour out on you blessing until it overflows. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that? See, here's the thing. I'll, I'll even step back. Some of you already shouted out and I love it. You do. And let's start here. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe the Bible to be true? Well, if I believe the Bible to be true, I believe this verse to be true, and this verse says that if I bring my tithe and offering to God, he's gonna open the window of heaven and bless me. Now, we're not talking about a prosperity gospel. We're not talking about that, some of the off views of this. I just wanna talk about what the Bible says. The Bible says, God says, test me now in this, I'm gonna bless you. So here's why I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited, because today some of you are about to be blessed. Today, some of you are not only going to be consecrated to God. Today, some of you are going to put to death selfishness and drive off mammon. You're about to do something so God will open the windows of heaven. Here's what I want to say. God is telling you, not me, not Chuck, because what Chuck says doesn't matter. God is telling you that if you come with the right heart, giving to him as he's moved your heart, he promises to open the windows of heaven and bless you. And he wants you to expect it. He wants you to go, it's about to happen. This is going to occur. God, you're going to do this. You know why? Because God never lies. 
So God's going to do it. So I get excited to wait and see what God's going to do in some of your lives. When this happens, I'm like, you know, and, and by the way, I want to say this. I'm already hearing it. Uh, Saturday, I heard it. Today, I heard it. This man came up to me at nine. He was just, man, God nailed him and, and with joy and happiness. And, emo- and he was like, I've never, God did something and started blessing. And by the way, some of you are going, will it be financial? It could be financial. I just don't, God says, I'm opening up the windows of heaven. It may not be financial. It may be something else, but I'm just telling you, God promises I, you're going to unleash something in your life because he's going to enact it. Uh, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says this. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Let me, if you're brand new, I know some of this sounds strange, and, and I'm, I, it does, but brand new people, let me tell you something. The Bible teaches us that God loves you, uniquely you. He cares about you more than you know. He knows your name. He knows when you sit down and when you stand up. He knows when you walk. He knows when you lie down. He knows every thought you think and every word you're going to say. You know why? Because God cares about you. And it says in the Bible that God has prepared things for you that are indescribable and beyond imagination if you'd love them. So let me just say it as clearly as I can if you're brand new. I know it seems like out of the realm of the ordinary, because it is. God promises he wants to bless you. God promises he wants to reward you. He wants you to come to him expecting him to give you not only a better life, but a great life. And not only to to show you things that are just beyond yourself. See, it's incredible to live with God and all of a sudden realize all these things are happening and they're not me. That I couldn't do it. That he orchestrates things or he actually enacts things that none of us could have happen. So I want to tell you, get ready to get blessed. And then number five, this is the best one. We are going to be in tune with God and know his voice. We're going to be in tune with God and know his voice. The the reason we started 24-7 is so we would be 24-7 Christians, a 24-7 church, and we would tune into the power of the whisper. That was the whole idea, that the more we become close to God, the more we follow him, the more we love him, that Jesus promises he'll manifest himself to us. And we begin to hear the voice of God. And we don't have to ask, is that God? We know it's God. This whole idea of the blessed life starting in December was the idea of us really tuning into the power and the voice and the wonder of God as he moves in our hearts. That's why I've asked you today to just say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give above and beyond my tithe? And that's what I'm gonna do. And, and many of you are hearing from God. In 1 Kings nineteen twelve, it says that God speaks in that gentle whisper. But I want you to hear Isaiah 30, 20 and 21. It says this. Although the Lord has given you the bread of privation and the water of oppression, he, your teacher, will no longer hide himself but your eyes will behold your teacher. Listen to verse 21. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left. Did you catch what Isaiah said? Isaiah said that God, even though there's been times in your life you feel like he wasn't there, God now wants to be your teacher and he wants you to see and behold him. And the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Then he says this, but he'll also be a teacher standing behind you. And you'll hear a sound saying, turn to the right, turn to the left. God wants to guide you. And he wants you to go, I I hear from him. That's what God wants for you. Chris Gomez is a a, a young, vibrant guy who's on staff here at our church. And uh, Chris, along with all of us, has been really seeking out God and seeking the blessed life. So he's been studying it, praying it, and, and 
trying to be an I.O. person, a John 2, 5, whatever God tells me to do, do. So Chris was in a car accident. And his car was in really bad shape. It was barely drivable. And, and, and he was just praying, God, I pray I could at least get 4000 for the car. That would give me a chance to pay it off and have a little bit of money to start on and, and, and you know, in the next vehicle. And, and so he's trying to make ends meet while the insurance company's, uh, you know, settling up. Well, he's pulling off the freeway and he sees a homeless man. And uh, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you give him every penny you have. So Chris thought, okay, and he rolled down the window, called the guy over. He had $8, and so he gave him all $8. It meant when he got to the office, he wouldn't be able to buy a Coke or, you know, a little bit to eat. I, I don't want you to think we'll starve, and we do give our staff water and sometimes bread. <laughs> bread and water. No, not really. Uh, but, you know, he, he, wasn't, he just thought, well, you know, I'll do that. And so he gave it to him, and he drove away. And then that night as he's driving home, he comes back off that off-ramp, and the man's there and offers to wash his windows. And Chris looked at him and said, hey, you know, I don't know if you remember me, but I gave you every penny I had today. And the guy said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And Chris said, hey, can I at least pray for you, though? And the man looked at him and said, yeah, I'd love that. And so Chris put his hands on him, and he began to pray for him. He began to ask God to move in this man's life and free him from whatever was keeping him back. And when he got done, the man was pretty emotional, but he looked at Chris and said, can I pray for you? And he reached out and put his hands on Chris. And he said, God, I, I pray you're gonna bless this man. And I pray you're gonna bless him 1,000-fold what he gave me. And he went on to pray. And when he got done, Chris was like, wow. He, he really sent something happening. Well, it was a little while later, he gets a call from the insurance company, and the insurance company said, we finally have settled your claim, and we're going to give you $8,800, 1,000-fold. And, and he knew it was God. He knew it was God. And God wants to do things in our life. He wants to surprise you with things. He wants to bless you with things. He wants to do that for you. And here's why, because he loves you. So when we come to this moment, why do we come here? Church family, friends, we come here because we love him. And we trust him. And I know this is foreign in a culture that's materialistic. I know that this is countercultural in a culture like the United States where it says, whatever I have is mine. But God operates outside that box. And you and I are about to do that together. Now, before we go on, though, let me say this. The most important thing that God wants you to know is that he wants a relationship with you. And today, if you're here and you've never actually entered into a real relationship with God, I'm not talking about going to church or reading a Bible. As much as those are important, they're vital to those who know God. But I'm talking about something bigger than that, and that's do you know him? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Do you know the voice of the one who loves you? Do you know what it's like to have him guide you in your life? Do you know what it's like to have him free you from something? Some of you today, you need to be healed. You need to be free. You've had pain. And I'm going to use a word that I think is accurate. So let me tell you, think about this. Does this fit some of you? You have been wounded deeply by somebody who should never have done it. And God wants you free from that. He doesn't want that to be who you are anymore. And he don't want, doesn't want that thing and that person to have power over you anymore. And I've watched God set people free from the most horrific things. Some of you today need to come to God and be healed and set free.
Some of you are you're bound by worry and fear. And what do you need to do? Open up your heart to the one who loves you most. Some of you today, and you've never just never experienced what it's like to have God move and touch you, and, and you're already sensing, you're already sensing it's about to happen. And as we pray, I think you're going to know it more, and I'm going to ask you to open up your heart. Now, how do you do that? If you're brand new again, how do you do that? What you do is you pray. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone opens up to me, I will come in to him. And he'll come in. You just have to open up. And how do you do it? Well, you pray. The Bible says you call on the name of the Lord to be saved. So I'm going to ask you in a moment, while we're praying, if God touches you or you're ready or you want this, would you pray this prayer with me? And we'll just pray it together. Some of you today, by the way, need to recommit your life to Christ. You haven't been living 100% for God and you know it. And you know what? Deep down, you don't want to be that way. And God doesn't want you to be that way. And, and I want to promise you, you're missing out. And some of you, if you got honest, i got to say this. You're going to go, Chuck, that's talking about being immature in your faith. I can relate. And again, God loves you, but maybe today's the day where you finally say no more. I'm going to mature. I'm going to mature, but I'm going to ask his help. And some might need to come back. So let's pray and see what God does. Father, I really ask right now for your Holy Spirit to come in and fill this room and and, and reveal yourself to us because I know you're here. And I pray right now for anybody who needs to come to know you. I pray right now, oh God, that you would begin to stir and touch anyone who needs to open their heart to you. And Lord, I want to start by praying for that person who's sitting here today. And I think you wanted me to use the word wounded because they've been wounded what was done to them, and then the words that were said afterwards were so cruel that they've tried and tried to forget it, and they can't seem to get it out of their mind. And recently they were in a relationship, and they couldn't, they couldn't love, they couldn't open up, they couldn't trust because of what happened. And so God, today I pray they're going to be set free. I pray they're going to be able to, to walk out of here different, Lord, as they open up to you. And Lord, I know right now they want it. Father, I pray for a couple who's sitting here today and, and Lord, they need your love. And they came here today hoping for something and today they're about to find something greater than they hoped for, your love and your relationship with them. And so I pray they're gonna come today. Father, I pray for a person who's sitting here today that at one time they knew you so well. And they found an old Bible that they used to read and today's the day that that love, that first love is about to return. So Father, for the person who needs to say yes for the first time, for the one who's hurting, for the person who's just worried, so filled with worry and fear, and God, for the person right now who, who just doesn't feel that life matters. I, I think there's someone sitting here, they've got every dream and every goals checked off and it hasn't mattered. And today it's going to matter in a different way. So I pray for all of them right now, Lord, that they would just open up their heart and come to you. I'm gonna ask that we keep praying. And right now, I'm gonna lead a prayer for anybody who wants to give their life to Christ or recommit. So right now, if you're ready to do that, if you're ready to say yes to God, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. 
And I know you died on the cross to forgive me and to cleanse me from all my sin and to heal me and, and free me from all my hurt and pain. And I know you want me to be yours. And you want me to be yours completely. So I open up my heart to you right now. I want to be filled with your love. I want all the power of your Holy Spirit. I want to be brand new because of what you're doing. But most of all, I just want to be yours. So take me now. And draw me close. Because from now and forever, I want to know you. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer today, praise God.